This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with non-toxic medical-grade ingredients. Active Skin Repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, diaper rashes, and other types of skin damage. I discovered Active Skin Repair and their baby spray from my community when our daughter was a newborn and had constant diaper rashes, and it really helped and continues to help. Containing hypochlorous acid, which is an effective option for helping with yeast diaper rashes, we just spray or dab active skin repair onto the skin with a clean cloth or cotton ball let's sit for 15 seconds and then apply our balm or ointment of choice with over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and to get 20% off your order using code PEDSDOC that's p-e-d-s-d-o-c We have this idea and this perception of what moms should be like, particularly moms. When we're talking about moms, moms should be nurturing, they should be gentle, they should have loads of patience. So when you're noticing that, hey, I'm really irritable and I'm really angry and I'm rage-filled, we don't necessarily want to share that with people because what would that say about me? Welcome back to the Pete's Doc Talk podcast. This show continues to grow because of you and your reviews, a podcast where I get to welcome the most amazing guests to chat about all things parenting, child health, child development, but also parental, mental, and physical health. And today's guest is talking about just that. We are talking about why am I so angry? Perinatal rage in motherhood. Today's guest is Dr. Asherina Reem. She is a licensed clinical psychologist and founder of Psyched Mommy and a mother of two. And we are going to get into that perinatal rage, which many women experience but don't know is a reality. But before we get into the topic, Dr. Asherina, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So tell us more about yourself if anyone's not familiar with your work as Psych Mommy or in real life as well. Yeah, absolutely. I am, like you said, a licensed clinical psychologist based in Arizona. I'm a mom of two. I became a perinatal mental health specialist shortly after my first was born when I was experiencing perinatal depression and anxiety myself. And then I thought, okay, what's going on with me? They didn't train me about this in um, graduate school and it made a big pivot in my career. And I've kind of dedicated my career so far this decade on perinatal mental health. And I don't think I will actually ever look back. It's been great. Well, I love the work that you do. I love following you on social media. That is how we connected. So had it not been for Instagram, we would have never become social media friends or, you know, social media professional friends. I really appreciate the work that you do, obviously in real life and online, being able to reach so many people with the information that you provide. And the topic that we're discussing today is one of those topics that I feel isolates so many women who become moms and experience this sort of rage that we're going to talk about. And it's not until you realize that it's, let's say, normal or that it happens, then you can actually do something about it. So it is a really real thing. What exactly is perinatal rage? And is there a reason why it happens? Is there risk factors as to why it may happen? Um, If we can start there. Yes, absolutely. This is a great question. It's something that most parents don't want to talk about, Mm -hmm. even when they see their therapist, because it is just riddled with shame and you feel really terrible about feeling rage because we have this idea and this perception of what moms should be like, particularly moms. When we're talking about moms, moms should be nurturing. They should be gentle. They should have loads of patience. So when you're noticing that, hey, I'm really irritable and I'm really angry and I'm rage filled, we don't necessarily want to share that with people because what would that say about me? As far as why is this happening? What we see is that 
anger and rage can be a product of perinatal depression and anxiety. It can be a symptom of something Mm -hmm. like that, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. It can also be an isolated experience. It could be a standalone experience that parents will discuss and talk about. There's a number of risk factors. There's a number of vulnerabilities. One, sleep deprivation. Mm -hmm. Sleep deprivation is going to be a huge risk factor for these feelings. When you think about, I mean, when you're not getting your adequate sleep, how more likely are you to be irritable to snap Mm -hmm. at your partner, at your child, or whoever it is that's in your life around you? So there's just a number of things. A couple of things that are the most common that show up in therapy with the patients that I meet with is unmet needs. We have unmet needs maybe for support, for adequate nutrition, for sleep, like I've already mentioned, for feeling heard, seen, validated, rest, time away, or we're feeling really overstimulated and burned out. There are so many things that can contribute. Most often, it's not one of these things. It's a culmination of these things that parents are reporting that make them feel more irritable. And not to get into like some long-winded feminist discussion, but I think that women are at higher risk because we are under-supported and we are kind of sold this dream of what parenthood is going to be like, but we are getting more on our plate. We're working moms. There's a lot of working moms now than there were probably ever, but we are not getting this support. We're managing the mental load of motherhood and the physical load and the emotional load and all of the things. And we are feeling like we're living on an island where people are telling us that this village is going to show up and it doesn't. So of course, we're going to feel angry. So not (laughs) going on my soapbox, there's some anger that's to be expected because things are unfair. We do have unmet needs, but there are also a lot of things that can be done. So I don't want to leave you on that island by yourself feeling like, okay, well, what's going to change if, if the system is broken? Oh, yeah. And I don't think this is, it's absolutely appropriate to discuss this because it's a reality. And I think every woman can agree that there is a load that's put on women that does not exist on men. And a lot of that load can be load that... We create ourselves sometimes if we don't ask for the help or when we have it, but a lot of it is we don't get the help, you know, or there's been a lot of social media, like memes going around, like, oh, you're so amazing, mom, help. I need help. No, you're so amazing. Keep up the work. Like you're just all, you know, you're doing so much amazing things. And it's like, sometimes we're screaming into a void. Like I need support. I need the help. I'm struggling and we don't get it. And it's really hard for some women. And I think it's so nice that we have this conversation because it is a reality and structure. I mean, whether you're in America or other countries, I do feel obviously being an American woman working in America, that there is a really hard struggle, you know, adding childcare issues and a lot of women, whether you work or not, but let's say if you do have a paid job, so working, a lot of women end up being the ones who have to sacrifice their work if their partner makes more money or doesn't have flexibility in their schedule, or maybe the kids want the mommy more. And it's like, you're trying to balance it all and trying to make it where, you know, you have your career passion, have your child. And even if you don't have a career, just the load of like wanting sometimes a break. And like you said at the beginning, sometimes women feel guilty of asking for that break because then they feel that they're not mom enough when Mm -hmm. in reality we're human. Some of us need breaks. And I can attest to that fact that I work better with better sleep and breaks from my kid to be able to be more present with him in the moment, right? I need moments Mm -hmm. away from him for myself so that when I come together with him, I'm feeling not angry, not irritable, but it is a huge reality that I think many can relate to. Mm -hmm. I even think about like the societal expectations Mm -hmm. and how it does add to the load that mothers carry and why this also perpetuates these feelings. Something as simple as when we had our first son, 
my husband and I are both working outside of the home. Mm-hmm. His employer was like, you're only going to need like a week off, dude. Like that's like a no joke. This is what, the, this is what his boss yeah. said to him. Yeah. You're going to be so bored. You're going to be just begging oh, to come oh back. Gosh, well. And I was like, what? You know, this is our child. This is our yeah. joint. You know, <laughs> what do you mean that you're only going to need a week off or two weeks off? And they were giving him such a hard time about it. Mm-hmm. Like he wanted to take this time off to bring home a human being into the world. But for me, it was very expected. Okay, you're going to take this time off. You're going to be caring for the baby, right? And he's going to go right back to work. It's just the cultural and the societal expectations of what a mom is going to do. Like whose name is going to go on that emergency form at the school? Who's going to be contacted when something goes awry? There's just these shifts. We're seeing these things that mom does bear the burden of so many things. So yes, there are definitely the structural piece of what's happening, but then there are also so many other things when it comes to our just our immediate needs or the way that we communicate our needs or what we the expectations that we put on ourselves that are perpetuating the feelings that we have. And is there a way, or I guess a not clinical definition maybe is the right word, but is there a way to know, is this like, just normal irritability or whether we're dealing with something like perinatal rage, like how would you describe it to someone who's listening right now that doesn't know if this Mm -hmm. is what they have? Yeah. I mean, this is how I think of it. There's a number of different things that we can Mm -hmm. look into here. So when we think of perinatal depression, most often people have heard of postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. And the reason why we want to use the word perinatal is because I want everyone to know that these symptoms, whether it's anxiety, anger, depression, no matter what we're talking about, can show up during pregnancy. Oftentimes we are led to believe that the feelings that we're having, the changes in our mood that we're having during pregnancy, we're chalking it up to hormones and that's not the case. I remember at, you know, being pregnant and start, like that's when the anxiety started with my first pregnancy and I didn't even recognize it because everyone kept telling me, no, you're pregnant. This is to be expected. You're just yeah. having the jitters. You're having, you know, you're a little nervous. This is all normal. And it wasn't. So be mindful if you're noticing shifts in your mood when you're pregnant. And how do I know if this is like a normal transition piece or how do I know if something else is going on? Well, perinatal depression can actually demonstrate itself. It can present in an irritable fashion. It doesn't have to. We think of depression as I'm tearful, I'm crying all the time. I want to isolate in my room. That's not always the case. What can happen is that you are snapping, you are yelling more, and it almost feels like I cannot suppress these feelings. Mm-hmm. Your partner leaves a plate on the counter and you're just rage filled. You're shaky. You know, you want to snap and it's not about the dishes. We know that, but it just feels like this out of character presentation of anger and frustration that you didn't experience prior to pregnancy or prior to this postpartum period where it feels very out of character for you to present this way. Or your child does something like one of the really common experiences that comes up is that my child skipped nap or they're not going down for nap. And now I'm really, I feel hostile almost. And I'm going to be honest, I had this experience during my first postpartum experience. And I was like, what is this feeling? You know, why am I feeling this? This is not what they told me in the what to expect books. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's talking about it more so that you're aware that it happens. Like we said at the beginning, like if you don't know, you're going to think, and you may even just use the word suffer in silence that, okay, well, I'm just going to let it be when in reality we can get support, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And most of the time, this stuff is pervasive. It's showing up everywhere. It's kind of seeping into all areas of your life. Like, how do I know if something is clinical or how do I know if it's just something that's fleeting yeah. and like a situational experience? And we look at that as, okay, like if I were to get adequate sleep 
Or if I were, you know, one of these things were resolved, or I even have more support, am I still feeling this way? Is it really hard to manage? Is it impacting my relationships? Is it impacting how I'm interacting with my children? Is it impacting how I feel about myself? And that's what we're looking at. We want to know how does this show up in your life? Is this fairly mild in nature? Or does it feel like, gosh, I can't get a handle on this if I tried and all of my best efforts aren't working. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep No Mess meals. Chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from each week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. I absolutely love the spicy jalapeno, lime cheddar chicken, and mushroom chicken thighs with wild rice. Keep kitchen time to a minimum with Factor Meals because they're ready in two minutes, no shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleanup. I work from home and love the convenience and how delicious Factor Meals are. Head to factormeals.com slash peedsdoctalk50 and use code peedsdoctalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code peedsdoctalk50 at factormeals.com slash peedsdoctalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. As a pediatrician, mom, and podcaster, I want to share with you a podcast I recently discovered. It's called Understood Explains, and this season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. The latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. I listened to an episode called The Difference Between IEPs and 504 plans, and I learned so much that I honestly didn't know before. I now feel I can better explain these to my patients and their families and better support them in their neurodiversity journey. Navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences can be confusing, and this podcast helps to validate these struggles and provide actionable tips that are useful for parents, teachers, and clinicians. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood explains. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. But truly, I want to say something that I think is really important no matter what you are experiencing. If something is bothering you, it's worth it to get it assessed. It's worth it to get it checked out. It's worth it to go see a therapist or a provider. 
because there's no such thing as something being, you know, too silly to come talk to us about. Cause I'm gladly would love to talk to parents about this kind of stuff so that you don't have to feel all these feelings and feel confused and lost and alone. And do you feel, I mean, in your maybe clinical experience, but also just what you're hearing on social with your large platform, do you feel like a lot of moms realize it themselves or a lot of them being told by partners or loved ones like, hey, I just feel like maybe you're more irritable or have more rage. Maybe they use that word. Or do you see a mix of that? I see a mix of it. Mm -hmm. Moms definitely will be like, gosh, I'm so angry. Or they'll say another word, like I feel so bitchy or I feel so, you know, I don't feel like myself. That Mm -hmm. is a very big, that's a statement I used in my own experience. I said that to my husband. I was like, I don't feel like myself. Something is off. Like I just don't know what it is. And there's another piece to this is that sometimes moms won't even notice until they've actually like the fog has lifted and they're Mm -hmm. on the other side and they have greater awareness because when you're in it, it feels like a sinkhole. It feels like really you're deep in there. You just feel like, I don't know. I'm barely managing it through every single moment. And then you get to the other side. Yeah. The fog lifts a little bit. And you're like, back then, I was not okay. <laughs> I was, something was different. I noticed the difference now. There's a clear distinction. So it's, it's a mixture of things. And sometimes a partner will say, hey, this is what I'm noticing. And it might not be pretty because they might just say, you know, they're like, they're just seeing the behaviors. They don't understand the why. So to them, they're, you're you're just being mean. You're mean. You're not your usual self. Definitely education goes a long way when it comes to this experience. I love that the title of this conversation is perinatal rage. Like you mentioned that, that reality that this can happen in pregnancy as well. And using that shame and stigma of that pregnancy and motherhood being this joyful, always, let's say always joyful butterflies and everything's so beautiful experience. And not to say that we don't have moments like that in pregnancy and motherhood. I I do experience that, but in my first pregnancy, I did not have any irritability in pregnancy, rage, any of that. But with my second pregnancy and having a toddler son who was almost three. It took me a while to realize what was happening, but I was way more short with him. So I would say more irritable, but that irritability did turn into rage of like getting so upset with him for the things that I never would get upset with him prior to being pregnant. And it wasn't until I spoke to my best friend in California when I was visiting in tears, telling her how I felt. And then my mother also that I feel this feeling that I just feel like I'm sometimes very short with him and that his behavior is also getting worse because he senses that sort of push and pull of power struggle Mm -hmm. with mommy who's very upset. And just by talking with them, you know, and saying, I'm feeling this. And my best friend who was like, I had it too with my second pregnancy. Like I was very irritable. Sometimes I didn't even want to be around my first kid because I was just so upset with things that they would do. And like I said, just by talking about it, it made me realize that this is really a reality. And then I subsequently decided therapy would be really good just to make sure that I have someone on my side and my team. I think sometimes even with a great partner or a great social circle, which I do have, I always like to say, you know, therapy is like really helpful in sort of making sure that we're almost have that other accountability and tools in our tool belt. And so I'm very pro-therapy and I've been very open about this on my podcast and in my Instagram. In terms of when a mother knows that she may need help, you already mentioned like she's feeling like she's not herself. Maybe this is like she says those words, like this is not me. Any other things that you wanted to add on when it's time to get help and what that help may look like? Would it Mm -hmm. look like therapy? Would it look like medication? What would it look like if someone's dealing with this? And what would that support mean? So this is where I think it's challenging because with the, our words that we use 
and the way that our experience presents is so they're vastly different. Mm -hmm. So I never want to give like qualifications because I think everyone needs to see a therapist. I think everyone can benefit from a therapist. I I am also pro therapy. And a good one. Like if you have a good one, it's like, oh my gosh, I have a great one right now. And I'm like, I don't want to move out of Florida because then she doesn't have any practice (laughs) rights outside. I'm like, I've been searching for you for like my whole life. Like you're so good. It's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. No, it really, it truly is. Mm -hmm. And you're absolutely correct. And I think that once you're feeling that it's like, this is too overwhelming. I can't manage this alone. I need someone from a very non-object, I mean, a very objective, you know, non-biased approach to listen to me and offer meaningful support. You can be in very different stages of life. You don't have to be in crisis. And this is what I always tell people. You don't want to wait until you're in crisis to seek out therapy because when you're in crisis, the last thing you want to do is be trying to find a therapist and, and, you know, being that pushback right now, unfortunately, there are a lot of challenges to accessing care. So you want to just say, like, if I'm not feeling my best, if I know I could feel better, if I need additional support, seek out the help of a mental health clinician. It's never too early. Never too early. My caseload is usually just all kinds of things from people that are in crisis to people who are just adjusting to some of the transitions yeah. in life. So there's one takeaway, it's never too early to see a therapist. Yeah, I mean, at the time of this recording, so a lot of my podcast listeners know that I'm recording before I have my baby. So I'm recording this when I'm 36 weeks and I had a traumatic delivery with our son, which I've been very open Mm -hmm. about. And I've been actually feeling okay, but I got the therapist because I'm like, I don't want to not be okay. And I'm Mm -hmm. three weeks postpartum and I'm handling a newborn, my husband's back to work, and now I'm trying to find a therapist. So I told her flat out, I'm like, I want to have maintenance work. I want to work with you and chat with you and you get to know me. And things are, I'm going to use the word, okay. You know, I mean, there's always something I think I can discover about myself. And mm-hmm. I love that. And of course, I'm talking to someone who is going to be pro the pro therapy, but I, as someone who's not a therapist or, you know, obviously I'm a pediatrician, but it's so important to me that women feel supported and have that sort of understanding that even if you have the support of a great partner, which I do have and friends that middle ground, they don't know anything about you, but they now are learning about you, but they have the clinical training to say, Hey, I, I'm noticing this, or what can we do for this? It's like so powerful when you find that right one. Mm-hmm. It's like a relationship. You find the right one and you're like, I'm never letting you go. You're my therapist. Like I, I adore you. <laughs> yes. There are a few, there are a few providers that I feel that way about. I'm like, I will yeah. not move. Yeah. I will not move. I, I, can't, I can't do it. Or I have to figure out how I'm going to get pri- like my address in Florida so I can still see you. Oh, and you know, the other thing I wanted to talk about, and I think we are going to do another episode about partner resentment, which I think is really Mm -hmm. important. But you mentioned earlier, like sometimes the partner may not understand what's going on or say words like you're just angry or you're a bitch or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like they may say very hurtful things when you're already you're dealing with irritability or rage. How can we communicate what we're feeling with a partner who should be on our team, but may not understand what's going on, especially maybe a male partner who is may not have insight or maybe a female partner who doesn't have insight into what may be going on with this load or why a, a woman might be feeling this way. Mm-hmm. And I want to share this in the context of you have a supportive partner that just doesn't know and would like to know. Because yeah. I know that when we speak about this, there are going to be a number of relationships, number of dynamics where a lot of the times I get the feedback, well, my partner thinks that this isn't a real thing, or I'm making it up, or I am exaggerating. So that's going to need therapy. Those situations are going to need to be addressed in therapy. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about in the context of a supportive partner who desires to know and support you. The best piece here is education. I think that just some education goes a long way. I know like, for example, on my blog, we talk about the, these subjects. We have all of these topics addressed. So sometimes sharing something like that 
you know, finding something and sharing it with your partner and saying like, Hey, I'd like you to read this. This would be really important because this is what I'm experiencing. I didn't know about it either. So let's talk about it or having that open conversation and saying, you know what, this is what I'm noticing about myself. It is and bring it up in the way that you feel mm-hmm. most comfortable. I'm going to just give you some, a little bit of language that you can use, but just saying like, Hey, I feel kind of uncomfortable bringing this up. Cause I know it. there's something about it that brings up shame in me. And I noticed I've been more angry and irritable. And yeah. I, so I started to look into this and this is what I found. And I still don't feel good about it. This is the kind of support I need. Maybe you yeah. address the kind of support that you need or it feels best when you say this, or it feels best when you do this, because just as you're learning, your partner's learning. And I think oftentimes we do feel like this adds to my load when I have to talk to my partner about what I want them to do or how best to support me. But honestly, you're both learning about something that you've never gone through before. Mm -hmm. So there is going to be, they need to know about your experience. They need to know about the inner workings of what's going on. And like I said, that caveat of you want to share this in a safe space where someone is not going to judge you or use this against you, or maybe call you names after the fact, you want someone to be on your team, on your side, and you want to share that education, but you also want to give them ways that they can support. You might not also know how they can support you, but and say that, be honest about that. This is what I'm going through. I don't necessarily know what I need right now. And if I do, I'll tell you, but you know, I really appreciate your efforts. I see that you're trying to help me here. And when you do this, I notice it does feel good. I do notice when you step up and you take care of X, Y, and Z, this is, does really feel good to me. And it's going to be a balance of trying to figure that out. What does feel good? What doesn't feel good? And reassessing that as time goes on. The reason why I love these conversations so much, even though you know my podcast is about parenting, health, development, but I also really love talking about parental issues. And that includes maternal mental health, is that mm-hmm. what you just said is like how we should be talking to our children too, like when they're going mm-hmm. through difficult times, right? Yes. And so it's like, we forget that even when we're talking to our children, it's how we should be talking to our peers, our loved ones, anyone when we're going through difficult times, and even with ourselves, like the compassion that you just said in those examples, the I don't know what I need. Same thing. I'm going to have situations with my child when he gets older that you may not know what you need right now, but I'm here for you. Like It's such a important conversation to have. And so I'm just so grateful that we could talk about this. This is such mm-hmm. important information that people need to know that they're not alone and that how to communicate their needs so that they can feel themselves. And I think that's what we all want. We want you to feel like yourself again and not feel lost in this cloud of what's going on. Why do I feel crummy? And I feel bad about myself. And I don't like that. You know, I see a lot of moms in my office who feel not themselves. And it's a very painful experience for me to sit there with them and feel like they don't feel supported. And so thank you for coming on. And hopefully everyone listening feels more empowered, feels more supported, whether they are feeling angry or whether they find themselves in two months or a year feeling angry with something going on. What would be your final message for everyone listening today? I would say get connected with the right support, which can be tricky. And this is a question I get quite often is how do I find the help that I need? And I will say a good therapist just can be hard to come by. So getting connected with your providers that you already feel comfortable with. If you feel comfortable with your OB, with your pediatrician, your lactation consultant, your doula, whomever it is that is connected in the community and might know a great therapist that is trained, a perinatal mental health specialist. They like have to be working in this area. Otherwise, they are going to miss a lot of the things that are going on with you. They're not going to have the right questions to ask. They're not going to know the resources to provide. And if they don't have anybody, and if they don't know, you can go to Postpartum Support International. There's an incredibly robust directory of providers, and this is all across the globe. They will find there are therapists, prescribers, 
all kinds of support groups that are some of the support groups are free for all kinds of specialty groups. So you can get connected there. And those are just some of the initial starts. But on my website, I also have a, a free resource called How to Find Help. So I love it. If you're lost, you can yeah, do that. No, too. I like I said, it took me three years to find mine. And um, I went through four different therapists and it was good, but it wasn't good. It's like, it's exactly like a relationship. You're like, something's missing here. Like, I don't know. (laughs) And then I'll be honest, how I found my current one is my husband has a therapist that he uses. And I was Mm -hmm. desperate. I'm like, can you ask her? Like, you love your therapist. So you love yours. Maybe she can find someone that works for women and perinatal. And she did. And so I called her and I set up this interview and I was like, the first moment I talked with her, I'm like, this is the one. She's the one. And it is a hard thing to find one. And for anyone listening who feels like, well, I've tried it. It doesn't work. I know it sounds hard, but I don't want you to give up. Like there is a way to find that right one. And I will attach the postpartum support international. I've definitely given my patients in my office, the moms in my office, that resource, and they have nothing but great things to say about them. And then also I'll link your website as well. But where can people find you to stay connected? Because I know you also not only have your Instagram account, but you also have courses or also you do live workshops and workshops in general, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I actually have a course called All the yes. Rage. Mm-hmm. And it's specifically for this resource, we dive deep into why this is happening, the anatomy of anger, the skills for outside of the moment and inside of the moment, so that you don't feel like you're constantly and chronically losing it. So we go over the why, the how, the everything all about it. And you can find everything on my website, psychmommy.com. And I'm psychmommy on every single social media platform at this point. So that Perfect. should be pretty yes. easy and you're, straightforward. You're spreading your wings to all of them. It's good. It's like, again, you're reaching so many people with the work that you do. So thank you so thank much you. for joining me today, Dr. Reem. Thank you. Thank you. Well, for everyone listening, I hope you enjoyed this conversation. It's so important that on this show, I not only talk about things that'll help you be a better parent in terms of obviously communicating with your children, but this is part of it, right? If you're dealing with anger, if you're dealing with depression, anxiety, all of those mental health things that sometimes we don't realize as mothers, especially. If you love this conversation, make sure you leave a review, call out Dr. Ashwinareem on the amazing information she provided, and don't forget to follow her on her social media channels and check out for amazing resources. And I can't wait to chat with another guest next week. Thank you for tuning in for this week's episode. As always, please leave a review, share this episode with a friend, share it on your social media. Make sure to follow me at PedsDocTalk on Instagram and subscribe to my YouTube channel, TV. We'll talk to you soon. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us.